0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game starts
1: as we say hello to everybody over on the podcast side of spaced out radio tonight and we await the arrival of bill wd 40 to lube us up for tonight's show in the chat room on spreaker emmy tong thank you for coming on in and who else do we have uh we're pretty much lined up here Ow. I'm sore tonight. I apologize. Okay, before we get the show going, I want to remind all of you, the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis as well. During the show, you can shop at our website, spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including shopping at our store where we do not have ugly swag people. No, we have good looking clothes that you'll actually want to wear. Not some, like these other shows or whatever, you know, that provide ugly swag. You know who they are. We don't do that here. Not at all. No, we're nice people around here. Deadfish, thanks for coming on in. And Nikki in Seattle. Gong Show, good to see you. And I think we are caught up. Do me a favor, everyone. Horns up. Let's rock. Hey, hey, hey. the mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Please join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Navy the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon on the Sor Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. I'm telling you, we got a powerful show of woo tonight. The captain of the woo trade, our Keith Andrews, is here for the ET Connection. Keith is a monthly contributor to this show. We love him around here. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton from among the missing joins us with another creepy story. Then right after that little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, has the UFO report. Yes, it is that time of the month. Once again, where we say hello to one of our most popular features every month, our Keith Andrews and the ET connection. Now, Keith has an eclectic way of teaching us all about the mysteries of aliens and where they come from and whether or not they are here on this planet. Now, you may believe it. You may not. You may find it just entertainment or it may resonate with your own experiences. Keith is a lifelong experiencer who now helps people understand their own contact and what it's all about. Mr. R. Keith Andrews, it is always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio, my man. How you been doing?
2: I uh, keep them busy, stressed out, and annoyed with the world. You know, you get the idea. It's been that way for decades, so you kind of get used to it. Yeah, I know the feeling. I Overall, think we yeah, all do. Yeah.
1: I think we all get that same feeling too, my man. but it's always good to have you back on Space out Radio as you're one of our more popular shows that we do each and every month, and you know we uh we usually start out with a bunch of questions from our audience. but I have a couple of questions for you tonight, my man. I do didn't do it well, recently, I played for our audience a a tape. Well, not a tape because there's no tapes anymore, but a recording, I should say, of my hypnotic regression with Geraldine Orosco back in 2021 when I was in San Francisco. And from there, oh, okay. from there, one of the things that caught me off guard with it Keith was the fact that well there were two things. Number one, I had a handler named Paul I don't know what that means. And number two, during my regression when she asked where I was from, I said just below the Orion belt. And that one of the distinctive features was that when I'm up there, I have a tail. A reptilian like tail. What the hell does this all mean, my friend?
2: In a nutshell, I would be inclined to say that first and foremost, you're looking at a, at, a past, at a past life override, meaning your last lifetime was such a dominant one for you that it, that it still holds extreme bearing on this, on this life. Now, it caught my attention when you mentioned where you found them or where you were from. Because, see, the Orions are not the only ones out in that system. Okay. But, if you... Now, one itty-bitty question regarding that tail. Do you recall whether it was whether it was prehensile, club-like, or just a balanced thing?
1: It looked like an alligator's tail.
2: Balanced thing. Which is all... I mean, an alligator's tail is just annoying as heck. Yes. But that being said, mm-hmm. by the by the feel of it, because there is an interesting race out there and I'd forgotten all about them. But they are sorta of, they come from the same world that they that the Zelflane come from. Which no, we have not talked about them because they're not in Book One, they're actually in Book Two. There are a number of different races. That's an aqua that is a Dominantly aquatic world. Problem is, it's not H2O. Okay. But, what you're talking about, uh, and that's why when I said, when I was talking a little earlier, I mentioned I had to look something up. Okay. Um. Well, Yeah, I had to look up something. We're talking about the Mankani. Okay, the Bunkani are a—they are a reptilian race, but primarily aquatic. They come on land for only one reason. Very much like sea turtles, they come on land. They come on land to or to, if you will, start their family, and very quickly thereafter go back to the water. But I suspect very strongly your last lifetime. Was spent there, which would by the way explain your attachment to the whole metaphysical world, right? like to the whole off world attachment, not to mention all the myriad the the myriad um sub-genres, if you will
1: okay, so uh, the one thing that really kind of confused me about it was having a handler named Paul. Okay now it's easy to make fun of because of the alien movie Paul that has been out yeah. for a few years but what does it mean to have a handler
2: and and what are they for A handler is a translator and you don't get a name like Paul by being one of the off world races you're talking about a human a human intermediary Remember, I mentioned a while ago. I'm not the only one that is out there that interacts. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's one out there by the name of Paul. And all a handler is is a, it's another word for a translator. It's not like you're. It's not like human handlers that go, "Oh, I handle you," and we've got some sort of secret service going on. An off-world handler, a the consortium handlers are simply translators.
1: What does that mean?
2: Okay. Um, They literally are a universal translator. He knows how to speak human. The odds are he is human and therefore can understand what you're aiming at. He may be a hybrid himself, but... His dominant appearance would be human, his dominant interaction and, and awareness would be human to to work as an intermediary because here's the thing: if, as I suspect, we're dealing with a past life overlay, what we're dealing with oh, okay, um if we're dealing with an off-life uh, past life overlay, you're looking at a dominant memory that is affecting your your outlook on this world. Okay. Paul, therefore, would have... There's only one... Of course, I'm thinking, why would he look human, be able to deal with all that, and still be able to live that long? He's Mobian. Okay. As we've discussed with Mobians before, they were human. They, they came from Earth. And then 50,000... 50,000 years ago they um, colonized Mobius but these are people that don't die they're like they are from human standpoint they're immortal
1: right very interesting it's a very interesting uh, complex web we weave sometimes and it's uh, oh lord yeah you know, it, it's something that just kind of intrigued me. The other thing was that, you know, it's amazing who you meet while you're up in, while you're up in space, and how many times you're oh, taking it. Yeah. You. So how does how does he- one go, Keith, with the idea that? That, you know, you have no control. They don't allow you to see what you're doing up there for whatever reason. And here we are trying to put the puzzle pieces together, except we're building the puzzle from the backside rather than the colored
2: side. Right. You mean how do you cope with that? Yeah. Well the coping with it is a little bit of an interesting setup. The reason that they don't that they do their best not to let you remember is because their their whole focus is on leaving your life essentially intact. problem is they have not been able to compensate for humans and for humans' ability to see past the illusion that they present. Okay, You understand? So this is why you get the memory blocks. Now, the reason we have owls and deer being your primaries, it's because of the fact that they are easily, they are very easy to overlay and make it fit whatever they're working with. To have you think that you're having a dream. Too bad humans on the whole don't tend to buy that anymore.
1: No, I can see why, though. Because it's the mystery.
2: Well, that's just it. Mankind has a virtually a virtually fatal curiosity to themselves.
1: All right, you ready for yeah. some audience questions? As we, I'm ready. Right anytime you are. All right. If you're in our YouTube chat or on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio, you can put your questions in capital letters. I will get them directly to keith and let's start off with d henderson keith did you ever find out the name of the tall eagle head people and
2: where they come from i wish i could give her an i give her an answer and say yes uh d i'm still looking for it I, i have been coming through a number of races of different races i haven't talked about and one thing is for absolute certain Now, I don't think I've got your email, but when I'm in the channel, when I have a stream on, once I've got them, I've got it marked to let you know directly, here's who you're looking for.
1: Okay. For people who may not know what the Eagle people are like, define them.
2: Well, the Eagle people... See, there's a race, I don't know what... People are going to think this is just being pulled out of the game. And that's okay. If you're looking at, at the Dungeons & Dragons game, the eagle people, as as Dee's referring to them as, they very much, like the Uka, have the head of a bird. In this case, eagle. Okay. And yeah, complete with the beak. Complete with the beak, complete with the wings. Okay, they are extremely, they are very, um believe the word would be gregarious hunters. Okay, a lot of their fun, a lot of what they consider fun is literally the issue of trying to trying hunt from on high. Get up as high as you can, and then much like the Indian Swift, dive bomb to pick up your prey. Bearing in mind the size of these guys, okay, many of the of the larger adults will break the 10-foot mark, which means you're looking at a 30-foot wingspan. Okay, it also means what they're targeting in the way of hunting, because yes, their feet are clawed, they do not wear shoes, primarily because they can't, but they are targeting, if they're hunting, they won't go after after confirmed sentient individuals, okay. And you never have to worry about them um, abducting people, okay. Where are they from? But I have. Go ahead. Where are they from? They are actually. Um, let me just piece together. I know where, I, I know what I'm looking at. They they are, a, essentially, they are planes people. Um, the planet they're coming from, I do not know the name of it. What I do know is the whole layout of it is very similar to the Serengeti. Okay, as in sporadic trees, right. But we are talking extremely, because they are an aerial race. But they've got a lot of open land for hunting. I was going to say they were from, um, what is it now? I suspect, if I remember correctly, they're out of the Zeta Reticulin 4, or Zeta Reticula 4. Zeta Reticular 3, by the way, is where is where the grays come from. In case you couldn't tell by the name, Zeta Reticula 4. Happens to be the fourth planet from the sun, not the third one. From their sun.
1: Excellent. All right, let's move on here. So we've got a few more questions for you. D Henderson is asking Keith, "Did you ever?" F- oh, well, that's the same question. Never mind. Uh, let's go to Dirt Road. Did Megalodon ever eat Dave in a past life? Come on. I have not got a clue. Come on. Why put me through my fear like that? What did I do
2: to deserve that? Apparently swam in the wrong place. Maybe. Well, let's face it. If a megalodon was eating you, you were in the wrong place.
1: Maybe. Okay, continuing on, Keith. Doug Shelby is asking, Keith, you've never disclosed what your D&D characters... Po- yeah, we're not getting into politics, guys. Uh, we don't do politics on this show, so we're not even going to ask that question. Sorry, Doug Shelby. Or probably the Doug Shelby, but you know the rules, man. You know the rules of this show. All right, Keith. While we wait for more questions from our audience here, um, let's let's get into aliens. Okay, let's get into the species yeah, totally. that that are here. How many different species right now do you feel are visiting Earth?
2: Are visiting Earth? Well over two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Okay, I mean, I've only documented uh, 130, I think, between the two books at this point. Well, not even between the two books, I've got more than that, but um, I think I've got about 130, maybe 150 of them uh, marked out, but you got to remember, all of the races, first of all, we're not just dealing with alien, we're dealing with, uh, with ancient races as well. In other words, races have evolved here. And this is one of the reasons why when people go, oh, you know, reptilians are doing this. There are at least a dozen, well, correction, we can turn that into about a dozen, you know, probably a dozen and a half different reptilian species. Now understand the reptilian species, we call them reptilian Because they look like Terran reptiles, not because they are reptilian. You know, but yeah, I would I would guesstimate we've probably got at least at least 250 different species coming and going. This does not mean that they're actually that they've actually landed on Earth and stay here. You know, I mean, if you take a look at it, the Martokians, bring back countless people, bring people and countless people with them just for a, for a tour, if you will, as in, let's go fly by, let's go fly by Sol 4, which happens to be Earth. Okay. Um, and yes, I know that means there's got to be a fourth planet you guys not aware of, but the Martokians will go, okay, you want to go take a look at Sol 4, that's no problem. We'll go take a peek. Right. And they will, they will come by and bring races of all sorts of different kinds, depending on who's footing the bill or whether we're talking about a class outing.
3: Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical contractors on ServiceTitan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on ServiceTitan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of 5 stars on customer review sites. Add it all up and the answer is clear. When solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, ServiceTitan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game
1: starts Keith where are they coming from are they within our solar system is it different dimensions
2: many of them are from many of them are from within the solar system certainly from within the I don't even know what the term is for the Milky Way itself see I'm not an astronomer Is half my problem But you've got people coming here that I'm aware of from Earth, from Mars, from from Venus, from Vulcan, from Jupiter, from Saturn, from Pluto, and from, well, obviously from Mobius. Mind you, you'll never see Mobius from Earth. And what is the name of the one not planet x i'm pulling a blank on the name of the extra one out by pluto that they spotted which by the way isn't a planet pluto is so a planet pluto is a planet there's another little some people call it planet x but there's another name for it and i forget what the heck it's called there's one that is coming in it's on a 36 36 hundred year cycle Referring to Terran cycles. Okay, Terran Terran rotations. Okay. Um but why I'm pulling a blank on that side of it. Ah Right there. I'm not going very far. I just don't have arms that are quite that long. As in my arms, unlike your tail, by the way. Do not telescope.
1: No, I I can see that.
2: Nope, that is not what I was looking for. I was hoping it had the name in there. I am drawing a complete blank on that name. But... Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of them that come from Earth and, and from our solar system. A lot that come from from what you would call inner Earth or Hollow Earth. Mind you, those aren't off worlders. Those on the whole are ancient races. There are a few in the in Hollow Earth that are actually off worlders.
1: Keith, hold on right there, because we do have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour r keith andrews and the et connection are here tonight monthly contributor r keith andrews joins us to answer all your questions about extraterrestrial contact where they're coming from who they are what they're all about right here on spaced out radio stay tuned second half hour of the show is next I'm not trying to be a jerk here guys and I apologize if I didn't understand the Dungeons and Dragons question but that um and I'm not trying to be rude here and I know text messages can come come through any any way they want but uh I'm trying to keep the show on topic for not only our podcast audience but our radio audience as well and Dungeons and Dragons has nothing to do with tonight's show and uh so especially when I'm reading the questions cold like I'm not reading the questions before they go up. I I really rely on you guys to not throw me off guard with it with anything that I may or may not understand. So I apologize to the Doug Shelby for for uh you know, not sounded like uh, yeah, I sounded like a prick there. But uh I'm not trying to, but uh it just it, it threw me off guard and I apologize. Uh, Terry Falser, if you're not going to ask proper questions, don't ask questions at all. Okay, I have no time for for somebody who's trying to be Roseanne Barr not funny, okay, or Whoopi Goldberg not funny, or Rosie O'Donnell not funny. You can you can have your choice there, okay, uh, but we'll just don't waste my time, please. Missouri man, welcome to Sor Chat. Viper seventeen hundred, welcome to Sor Chat. Uh, Brian Remeniti or Remendini, pardon me. Welcome to Sor Chat. If you're new here, please put your questions in capital letters. It does make it easier for me to to find them within the chat show. It's always Sammy Hagar over David Lee Roth, Boss Monster. I know I'm in the minority there, uh, uh, but um. Uh I'm I'm a Sammy fan because he's an alien abductee. Paramarv, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Uh Mama Catherine? Muah, that's just for you. Uh, Candy Wolf, thank you for coming on in. Bob Marley. Good to see you. I never said uh, Steve from Truth Seekers was an a-hole. Never said that. I like him. I think he's a good guy and he works hard. Not sure where that's coming from. Uh, Parasolo, good to see you. So, Cheadle Paez Richards, how are you, Ronald-er? Sammy Hagar is American. He's not Canadian. At least I don't think so. Where was Sammy Hagar born? He's from Salinas, California. We don't own Sammy. Sorry. Vaughn Patrick, thank you for coming on in. Debbie Nickerson, good to see you again. MT? Good to see you.
2: What's happening, Arkeith? Oh, I'm just looking at some of the messages. There's a couple of them that caught my attention, not questions per se. But there's Eugene Braxton that has made a comment. He really wants to connect with me. Why? I don't know. Oh, By you, the way, Eugene is a
1: brilliant, brilliant man. You would want to have that conversation.
2: Well, if you can figure out how I'm, I want to let him know that you know, I don't have. A I certainly will sit down and talk to him. That's the easy part.
1: You should actually it's just a real- You should actually have him on your stream about about and you and him. I would love to see that conversation about the near death riddle and aliens and everything. Uh, Eugene is one of the most brilliant people
2: I've had on this show. I'm quite game. Yeah. Um. Just a real side note, real quick side note for you. The reason that question around d d came up is on Tuesdays on my stream, I do talk gaming. Oh, okay. And Joanne, That's welcome. Where that ends.
1: and Joanne, welcome to Space Out Radio's chat room. CS, good to see you. We got seven seconds. Thank you to Josh for the amazing super chat tonight. Very much appreciate it. Here we go. Here we go with the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate all of you tuning us in. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website SpacedOutRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon. You can join the SOR Space Travelers Club. We continue on with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Your questions is where we are going here. And Keith, we're going to start off with Lightwork Walkers here. And she is asking Hi, Keith. Do you think these beings are abducting all these missing people?
2: No. Absolutely not. Most of the missing people, sad to say, are human-related. As in people that are are being taken out by other humans and just never found. Yes, some of the people are being abducted by by aliens. Some of them are not getting returned. Okay, but the when you're looking at percentages, the massive majority are mankind's are mankind's doing. At least in my opinion, I don't have any, if you will, statistical facts I can pull on. okay. Let us go. I just have to know that they're actually, their their mandate is
3: to Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical contractors on Service Titan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on Service Titan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of 5 stars on customer review sites. Add it all up and the answer is clear. When solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, Service Titan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at servicetitan.com. That's servicetitan.com. Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips. With both desktop and mobile access at any time head to bet online today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game starts
2: let's
1: go to jenny okay talking about the reptilian tale from my uh there, there's gonna be a couple questions about this keith from our audience yeah tonight, no and and my regression that i played for them uh what kind of lizard person was i keith
2: Something called a the mancari. They are, you know, from that standpoint, they are very similar in configuration. To by appearance, they're almost they almost look half simian, but they come from a world they they look half simian. They are aquatic, okay, but they come from the same planet that the zeoplanet come from. And that isn't going to help most of you about much. <laughs> you know? Yes, these particular races are being added to book, two. Now, from what
1: I know, just from my own meditation, it's a badass species, man. It's an ass-kicking species.
2: Well, that would be the understatement of the century. Mm-hmm. I know. Somebody mentioned a little earlier about you being eaten by a megalodon. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I and mean, then Kerry will take a megalodon out from the outside in and won't even blink. Probably. Which need, might give you an idea of what you're looking at.
1: Probably need nemodium afterwards to settle down the thing. stomach. That's for sure.
2: sure. Try that again.
1: Said so probably need nemodium uh, to settle down the stomach right after.
2: I uh, might need a whole lot more reconstructive surgery first. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I hear you, my man. Okay, the other question regarding my regression that I had in San Francisco. Uh, where are you? Skip to my Lou. Okay, says, What about the Katy Perry scene? So apparently, I, I said in regression that I met Katy Perry up on a craft. And that she's listened to spaced out radio, but she has no idea who I am or if, you know, if I even exist, even though I, you know, on a human sense, I have a crush. I do. She is my celebrity crush. Okay. She really is.
2: Okay. So
1: do you think I really met her on the craft?
2: Well, first of all, I'm quite seriously. I'm neither going to confirm nor deny that, because this is somebody else's life that I'm not about to throw that kind of wrench into.
1: Oh, Keith, this is Katy Perry. This is my dream girl, my dream celebrity girl. Well, one of them.
2: And I will tell you this, Dave. Off air, I will answer that question for you specifically. Right. Will I answer it on you? Not a prayer. Okay. Does she know who I am?
1: Outside of Highly space. Improbable. Outside of space. I,
2: I um, Outside of space. Given her interest, it would not surprise me to find out that she knows of you. Knows who you are, probably not. But then you live in a very different world than she does.
1: Well, allegedly she is an alien abductee.
2: And that would be why she would have an understanding, a a recollection or a knowledge of who you are from a cursory standpoint, but not necessarily know you personally. And rest assured, if she'd have met you personally, you wouldn't be asking.
1: No, I'd probably have to sign an NDA on that. (laughs) Mm hmm I'm pretty sure about that. Pretty sure about that. All right, let's move on here before this gets any more haywire. Oh, Katy Perry, if you're listening, just hit me up, please, just just once. MT wants to know, why the dry up of solid UFO evidence this year? The reports say 2,000-plus sightings, but video pics seem to be at an all-time low. You want me to answer that one, Keith, or do you want a shot at it first? No, you might want to deal with that one because I don't
2: pay attention to any of it.
1: Okay, so the big reason why is the United States Navy shut down any type of conversation earlier this year. They said they don't want to play the UFO game. They don't want to be discussing it. Uh, They feel it's a waste of time. And they announced that they were not going to be releasing any more videos at all. So whatever we get is what we get. We got a little too greedy and we scared the big boys off. How about that? That's the easiest way for us to put it. I I think that would be the best description of it all without, uh, you know, getting into the politics of it all. But... Yeah, that's the big one right there. Keith, let's move on. Super Crazy is asking, do you know if the famous alien interview video is real or fake?
2: Well, I guess the way the question was asked, the answer would be yes. It is real or fake. I am not a video analyst. And if it's the one I'm thinking of, because somebody sent me one the other day, and if that's the one that's being referred to, I can tell you that the alien they represent, I don't know about the video itself, but the picture of the alien in the in the video that I was sent was very much a real rendition. Whether it was an actual video or not, I have no way of knowing. That's a video analyst. um you know, that's their job.
1: I would agree with that. I don't think it was a real interview. But I think it was a play off of a real species.
2: That's that's the way I look at it. That pretty much fits what I'm looking at. All right. If, Let, if it's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, it's in a dark room with the alien having a light on it. There's a there's a tape recorder on the table, and yeah,
2: almost a snub nose face.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Large eyed gray. It, yeah. What I would consider a tall gray.
2: Well, you gotta remember there are that I'm aware of at least fifteen different gray species. Understand or grey gray races rather. Understand the grays are one species, but just like on Earth, where you've got the Orientals, you've got the the so-called First Nations, you've got your East Indians, uh, okay, all of these are different races of the same species. Same thing with the grays.
1: Gotcha. Okay, let's continue on here with uh, more questions for our Keith Andrews. Let's go to Joe. Why are there two hundred and thirty species visiting Earth? Is it our
4: hair?
2: Uh, no, quite frankly, human hair is nothing compared to some of the some of the other races.
1: I don't know, Joe no, has, it, Joe it, has really nice hair.
2: Yeah, no, they are here because from a socio- from a xeno-socioeconomic standpoint, this is an extremely exciting period in in civilization and evolution. And they are here. There's so many of them are here to watch the evolution and see whether mankind once again blows themselves back to the Stone Ages. Or finally gets their act together and decides that they actually all live on the same first world. They're not first, second, and third world countries. They're a first world. When mankind figures that out, then you'll have a little bit better headway making contact with them.
1: All right. Let's continue on. Let's go to Viper 1700. What are their intentions...
2: Well, I'm going to take that as a, as a global side. The consortium, which is a, is a, a conglomeration of 2,500-plus species, their intention is to protect Earth, uh, okay, is to protect the planet, not the people. They aren't here to, stop, to sort of mankind's mess. They are here to make sure that mankind doesn't do something like have a full-scale nuclear war that hurts what you call Earth, Gaia, Mother Earth, Etha. Etha's is the one I know her by because that's what she told me her name was.
1: I like Operation Shutdown's
2: answer to that, which is... Yeah, but I think there has to be a divorce to do that. Yeah. Actually, I think there's got to be two divorces to do that.
1: Hmm. Always a caveat, Keith, thank you. Let's go over to our Facebook page.
2: You're welcome. Troy
1: <laughs> Troy is asking, How many species of avian or bird people have you documented, Keith?
2: That is an excellent question. I can think of at least a half a dozen. Yeah, you know, this this is one of the biggest things. And what I did here won't do anybody else good, any good. But I just started putting this thing together. I've got the books, but I have just started pulling together the information on all of, um, of the various races so I can start sorting it out properly. But that's a four-inch binder that I'm going to be filling. I know I've got the paperwork for it.
3: The five-star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options even for 0% interest right into the proposal and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online, to technician tracking, and two-way texting, to simplified payment processes. With ServiceTitan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at Servicetitan.com. That's Servicetitan.com. Servicetitan.com.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the
2: action Bet online where the game starts. See, the funny thing is, you've got about a half dozen, uh, uh, about a half a dozen avian-based races. At least a dozen to a dozen and a half reptilian-based, and I'm rough-gauge. Probably two or three, two or three dozen plant-based. Bear in mind, the bipedal form is actually not a very efficient form actually one of the most unstable all you know right. even even the the uh, monopods have a more stable base than what than what a biped does Hmm.
1: interesting all right let's move on to another facebook question this one from sparkles Humans have souls, we believe. Do beings from other planets have souls?
2: Absolutely. And the other, the, side, the other side of that is all of those souls, when they die, whether they are alien, ancient race, plant, animal, elemental, human, doesn't matter. You all end up in the same place. It's kind of like a massive, like a massive gala when you get over there, which is what people throw around and what people throw, it throws people for a loop.
1: All right, moving on. Let us go over to Nikki. Keith, what is your viewpoint on different dimensions, realms, various different intergalactic galaxies, How many galaxies are you aware of?
2: I have no idea how I'm going to give you an answer to the how many. I mean, quite frankly, I run out of counting out of numbers primarily because of the length of my memory, which isn't exactly short in this case, but there's not many of them. As far as different dimensions go, there's 12. Okay. And no, nobody is evolving from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. It ain't happening. Because a third-dimensional entity cannot survive in fifth-dimensional space and vice versa. There is a way to get there. But it literally boils down to, like, every, spe- every species, every encounter you have on Earth in the third dimension, whether you can see it or not, they vibrate at different rates, but they are all third-dimensional. If you can pick them up here, you're third-dimensional. Okay. Once you've pulled all of your component parts together, then you go back to, at that point, you go back to the great hub. The great hub is where the 12 connect where the 12 dimensions meet. At that point, you choose which of those 12 you desire to go to. Same process. It you get pulled apart completely to explain to gather all the information you can from the next dimension and pull yourself all back together back to the hub once you have gone to all 12 dimensions using the same step then you can go through the through the iris to another world that is way beyond comprehension for for the human mind that would be called the reader's digest answer i see that see you got to understand people think in simple in simple scientific terms people think that that um that hydrogen is the smallest is the smallest of the atoms it is not oh, okay and that's where they're making part of the mistake, and this is why trying to explain it can get to be really complicated. Hmm. You know, that's why when people say, when I hear these reports that, oh, Earth is, is, is ascending to the fourth dimension. You better hope not, because we're all dead if that happens.
1: Hmm. Don't want to be dying, Keith. Don't want to be dying.
2: Yeah, it's actually kind of routine. You know, it does interrupt your day, though.
1: Very true. All right, let's move on to another question from our audience here. This, we got about six minutes here. Let's go to Brian. What if reptilian, human, insectoid, etc., are all just observations of the same Earth from different times,
2: past and future? Great question, Brian. Um, It's a great question, but if we go down the rabbit hole of what if, you will make no headway in understanding the third dimension at all. Because to take that down that rabbit hole, just a fraction, what if I'm not actually here and you're just imagining the fact I'm here and responding accordingly and vice versa? Hmm. You know, this is one. This is one of those little issues that you have to kind of look at the world and go, "Okay, we're going to we're going to observe it with we're going to discuss the observance of it with these parameters." Okay, because the moment you go down the rabbit hole we're looking at there, you've got no baseline for a conversation. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good answer, but at least it's an honest one, which, in my opinion, makes it good.
1: All right, let's continue on. Let's go to Jules. Which species of others have been doing genetic alterations of our DNA, if
2: any? You would have. It's not so much that they're doing them, it's that they did them a long time ago, and the race that set that in motion was the Elphid race, which is not an off-world race. Okay, they are living in in what you would call hollow earth. And they are the ones that accelerated the simian DNA of the, of the chimpanzee centuries back, well, literally millennia back, but that's another issue. Okay, but they did that out of a necessity for, for a war that makes the ones that we have today Look like a like a sandbox squabble, and yes, I know that sounds completely like science fiction. But then so does the rest of my life. But the you know, the alphabet are the ones that actually did the alteration. The the grades the zeta reticulans, okay, governed by the zeta reticulum D are the ones that have been tracking the DNA evolution. They haven't been accelerating it, and they have been modifying it. They're simply they're simply mapping it. All
1: right, let's get to one more question here. We've got three minutes before we have to uh, go to break here at the top of the hour. R. Keith Andrews of and the E.T. Connection. Continuing, let's go to Mama Catherine. Where is the E.T. in the interrogation video from? Is Earth in trouble for the way he was
2: treated? Well, we'll start with the short answer. I have no idea where the interrogation video came from. But the second part of the question, not in the slightest. Well, maybe in the slightest, but, you know. Um, no. Earth is not in danger from off-worlders, period. Okay, anything you've been hearing about there being some sort of an alien invasion gang set to come in or some sort of alien um, standoff with human forces is, in my opinion, completely bogus for a couple of reasons. Not the least of which is they're not going to announce they're attacking, and by the time you know they're attacking, the war would be over. You know, mankind does not have the technological and or intellectual capacity to handle what these guys are. Not on the whole. So no, mankind is absolutely not by any functional stretch, in danger. At least not from off worlders. From itself, yeah, it's in pretty serious trouble.
1: I can see that. All right, let's see if we can sneak one more in toe tag. Keith, as ETs are traveling from other solar systems light years away, what do they eat on their way to Earth?
2: Well that depends entirely on the on the race. Some some literally come in, in uh generationships, which means they grow and or produce their own food. Some are hunters, therefore stop at other at other planets on the way and pick them up. Okay, but that said, Earth is a protected planet. They are not allowed to hunt wholesale on Earth. This doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means it doesn't happen on a large scale. How come? Okay, but as far as dietary requirements go, I'll tell you, that's somewhat extreme. Hmm. I I never. Well, I mean, you take a look at the Umion. They probably, the Umion, the Zerzix, and the Vrozix. They eat energy. Okay, that's how they sustain their life.
3: Plumbing HVAC and electrical contractors on Service Titan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on Service Titan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of 5 stars on customer review sites. Add it all up and the answer is clear. When solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, Service Titan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at ServiceTitan.com. That's service. Titan.com. Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game starts
2: as do the archon watching well, you know, the in all fairness the archon eat asteroids but keith i'm going to get you to hold on right there
1: because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour our keith andrews and the et connection joins us right after on spaced out radio for hour number two where we get into more of your questions like aliens, nuclear weapons, where are they from, why do they want us so badly, and more. Good job, Arrgh, Keith Andrews. Hi, A-Z-Watts. How are How are you? How are you? Uh, now I'll let you... Uh... Hi, Magnus. What's going on? I'm going to take a quick break here, Keith, but you can talk some Dungeons & Dragons with...
2: The Doug Shelby. Okay, that one I can do, Doug. If you're listening, uh, I gotta remember what the question was now. Um, couple of questions or a couple of points. Number one, when we're taking a look at the at the political field, for those of you that aren't aware, on my channel, okay, on my live stream. I do talk Dungeons and Dragons on the on the Tuesday night stream. Matter of fact, where is it here? But the answer to your question, in all fairness, is pretty much it would fall under the category of a benevolent, uh, benevolent dictator. Uh where am I? I gotta shut something I don't have to shut it down. I just have to minimize so I can find what I'm looking for. There. Okay, I don't even have a thing here, but oh, I thought I did. Anyway, if you drop into my stream, and there we are. Thank you so much, angels. Um, the political arena there is what you would what humans would call a benevolent dictator. Okay, very neutral approach. He will let literally. Anything happen, as long as you don't do the wrong do the one thing and go after his throne. That would be the first thing. Now, the the other issue and uh Doug, Doug from that standpoint, absolutely drop into my drop into my stream between four thirty and six thirty p.m. Pacific time, pretty much any day, Friday through Wednesday. I don't I don't come on on Thursday and absolutely I'll be more than happy to lay it out for you um the other message and this one is literally literally to you Eugene Braxton absolutely get in touch with me I'd be happy to sit out and talk to you yeah um you know Doug the reality is they, like I cover a lot of different areas on my on my stream for a lot of different reasons but you know, like Dave said, he does his best to like he stays he's got his own path, and as I've said, when you're in play, when you're in somebody else's room, follow their guidelines. Yeah, Doug, I used to play Star Frontiers. I actually had I actually had a character by the name of Chintao Lenti. And I forget what his race was. I do know he was a he was a hoot to play though. But that's been well, I didn't play I played Star Frontiers back in 1983 ish, and that's where it ended. you know there's a lot of like there's a lot of things one of the things that i that I do miss and guys, just because of the fact we're in here, uh where am I? this here if you've got questions that Dave does not get to, okay. Because Dave and I have an agreement. When we're on the stream here, Dave handles which questions get asked. But if you end up with a question that does not, that Dave does not, um, does not get to, drop me a line. I will be more than happy to answer it for you. You know, one of the, you know, I still, you know, I started the first I started playing D&D the first Saturday of the first Saturday of June of 1976. And I've been gaming, I've been actually gaming on the average of twice a week still to this day. Even to the point that when I had my stroke back in 2018, I was out of the hospital in time to actually get to the two days later to get to the to my game. Dave, you're back.
1: All right. Hello, Paul Koloski. How you doing? And who else jumped in here?
2: Um Oh somebody up along here asked in asked for clarification. Yes, whoever it was. My apologies for getting for forgetting the name, but yes, I did say some races eat asteroids.
1: Well, hey, you got to have a little bit of People don't... compound
2: in your diet, right? Well, you know, you need fiber. Yeah. Or is it just a mineral? But, you know. <laughs> Hello, Rain. How are you? <clears throat>
1: All right. We've got uh, ten sec- or a minute and 10 seconds, or pardon me, 40 seconds. Thank you to Josh for our lone Super Chat tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. Uh, the Super Chat really helps out what we do here on a nightly basis. Thank you to everybody who shopped at our Spaced Out Radio store recently. We very much appreciate your uh, getting into our swag, which is not ugly, people. It's definitely not ugly. And... Of course, you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month. All right, we got five seconds. Here we go, Keith.
2: Okay. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook's Spaced Out Radio Show.
1: Here we go with our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio, do old Davy the favor, Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadrumanus, Quadrumanus is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join me on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. We continue on with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Very much appreciate Keith coming on in once a month to hang on out and talk all things woo with us regarding extraterrestrials and we're going to start off with more audience questions here keith because we know how much they play a part of this show welcome back keith well thank you very much for having me and thanks so much for everybody joining us all right let us start off with uh, we asked that question already the ferret is asking keith have you been visited by the men in black or had pushback for being outspoken about et's
2: well, visiting and visits from men in black since I was an adult, no. However, I spent three years in the my labs and that was not a fun thing. Do I get pushback for being outspoken about the ETs? Frankly, no, because the one little factor is there as I can figure. Number one, I refuse to tell people anything about here's where you'll find a base which makes makes the men in black a whole lot happier. Because at this point they still look at it from a standpoint of it being, of it simply being speculation. I did, however, have the CIA show up on my doorstep looking for me by name one day. That was entertaining. You haven't
1: told that story well, in a I while. I thought
2: it was entertaining.
1: You haven't told that, that again. You haven't told that story in a long
2: time. No, this is very true. But then never came up. <laughs> yeah. You know. True. Tell that story
1: again, though, Why? how the CIA showed up at your house.
2: Well, they showed up at my doorstep looking for me by name. Regarding, they wanted to know quite literally what I knew about, what I knew about aliens. So they wanted, so I said, fine, you want to talk? We'll go, you know, let's go and grab a coffee. So we went down to Tim Horton's. And just as we said, now bear in mind, this woman said she was not connected to any government at all. Right? She was here on personal, on personal, um, on a personal research run.
3: Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical contractors on ServiceTitan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on ServiceTitan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of 5 stars on customer review sites. Add it all up and the answer is clear. When solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, ServiceTitan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action Bet online, where the game starts.
2: So I'm like, yeah, and I'm looking at her, thinking, no, she ain't. But we sat down in Tim Hortons, and just we got sitting down. Now, Tim Hortons, for those of you that don't know, is a it is a a uh, donut shop very similar to Robins or Dunkin' Donuts in the states. I have no idea what the equivalent is in England, but we sat down. Okay, and as soon as we sat down, like, the place was crowded, and I looked at her, and I said, you do realize we're being listened to. And she goes, what do you mean? And she starts looking around, getting really edgy. She goes, where? Who's listening in? I shook my head, and I went, not in the building. Pointed out the window beside me. I says, two blocks down on the top floor, you know, up on the roof. Well, she brings her hand up to her throat and coughs into it, brings her hand down and immediately looks at me and goes, are we still being listened to? I said, no, they're packing up. Not bad considering she wasn't connected to anybody. So I spent two hours that day and two hours the next day talking to her. At the end of the the second day, she turned around and she goes, well, you haven't told me anything that my government doesn't know about. I looked at her and I said, well, then, you got one of two choices. She goes, what's that? And I'm going to apologize ahead of time because what I'm about to say, maybe I don't know if I should actually say it because it may get you in trouble, Dave.
1: As long as you don't swear.
2: I won't swear. Okay. She says, you know, I told her, I said, you got one of two choices. And she goes, what's that? I said, you either accept the fact that I'm sitting on information they don't know about or your government's stupid. She looks at me and goes, you can't call my government stupid. I said, well, first, I'm an English major. I learned how. Second of all, I consider my own government stupid. What makes you think I'm going to think more of yours? For some reason, she took an insult to that. I don't know why. You know, and then I haven't heard from her since. Mm -hmm. Which, from my standpoint, no great loss, but... Well, I but you. that ultimately, that's the that's Reader's Digest version of how that went down.
1: I hear you there, buddy. I hear you there. All right, let's continue on with our questions tonight. Let's go over to Candy. Does the government help decide who gets taken?
2: Not in the slightest. Unless you count who they take. I I, Keith, I I I'm,
1: I rarely disagree with you on this. I'm not saying they know everybody who's been taken, but I really do believe that they have a list of of certain people who've been taken.
2: I really do. I will. I can go with that without a problem. Okay. I was taking this. I, I was taking the question more on a generic, on a bigger scale thing. Does the government undoubtedly have a list of people that are problematic? Certainly, I have no doubt about that at all. And if you limit it to that kind of, do they help decide? The answer is yeah. I would absolutely agree. But on the whole, when you look at the global side of it, no, not not from anything I've seen. Each individual government probably has a list of people they don't like. You know, or would like to see removed. I won't argue with you there at all.
1: All right, let's continue on here. Let's go to Viper1700. Do you think they're talking off-planet about Earth? Absolutely.
2: Humans, on the, in a nutshell, the curiosity streak and the, and the propensity of humans to do something completely illogical, completely against every indication, and still land on their feet, scares the daylights out of most of the alien races. Even the arrogant ones are looking at it going, how do you compensate for somebody that does something so bizarre and still comes out on top. Now, no, this does not mean that an alien invasion could be beaten off by humans. That is completely on the other end of the scale. But they absolutely talked about what, you know, what humans are doing. And the fact that they haven't wiped themselves out again this, with this much adversarial behavior.
1: All right, ready to move on? Absolutely. All right, let's go to Superdomeer. Do you know if ETs would intervene
2: if any way if World War 3 broke out? Only if World War 3 becomes a global nuclear threat. If it becomes a global nuclear threat, in which case, it's ourselves who is who the who the off-worlders are here to protect. If a, if a global nuclear war were to fire up, then yes, they would step in, they'd shut down the nuclear warheads, and then let you guys go at it with guns and traditional bombs. But would they stop World War Three? No. They'll just limit the nuclear explosions. Rock and roll. I can only surmise they would actually shut down a neutron, a global neutron war. For pretty much the same reason.
1: All right, let's go on to the next one. Marty is wondering, is Mobius known
2: by U.S. agencies? Absolutely. I found the, the, like, I'm also an astrologer, a Western astrologer. I found the ephemeris for Mobius quite by accident somehow jumping off of a Nassau site. That's where I got it from. So they definitely know it. Shocked the daylights out of me when I stumbled across it. Okay, moving on. Yeah, so... We're going to move on? See, we got to remember. Yeah, I'm just going to add one last thing. The Mobians were 50,000 years ago on Earth. Earth colonized Mobius. And I'm talking 50,000 years ago, Earth colonized Mobius. Okay, so yeah. You know, the U.S. agencies certainly know about it. Have they visited? Highly improbable. But yeah, we can certainly move on there, Dave. All right. Let's do her.
1: Let's go back to Viper 1700. How far is Zeta Reticuli from our
2: planet? I couldn't even begin to tell you. I do know it's two wormhole jumps away. What's a- I do know it's on the far side of the Sirius Cluster. But I am no astronomer, and I can't tell the distance between here and the grocery store. So I'm pretty much hooked on the galactic scale.
1: All right, let's continue on. Let's go to super crazy. Is Earth currently part of a galactic federation, or are we still waiting to get in?
2: Essentially still waiting to get in. There is one qualifying factor that mankind has not figured out. Every member race of the consortium have a one-world government. This is not a dictatorship. This is a, a setup akin to what Earth calls the UN. But the qualifier is this. Every one of the member races realizes that no matter whether you're dealing with poor people or rich people, they are all part of the same species and all equally important. Until mankind gets that socioeconomic evolution together, they will not be brought into the consortium. That is a fundamental um, a fundamental qualifier. Who makes that decision? So right now they are simply being watched. Who makes that decision? Because so are they in Council of Twelve. And to be clear, the Council of Twelve is 12 individual members of 12 individual members from each from a different race, each each from a different species, okay, that sit on the council to make decisions, okay, to handle this sort of thing. They sit there and go, okay, yes, we're ready to bring them in, or no, we're not. What they will not permit is they do not hand out weaponry or they don't hand out out um, weaponry, nor do they hand out communication levels. They tried handing out medical, but mankind screwed that one up royally. Yo, know, but you do not have to worry about aliens going. Oh, you know, the yo. Know, there's this neat little thing. The Germans were in contact with ETs during World War Two. Absolutely, they were. But you got to realize every other ray, every other. superpower in the world at that time was also in contact with off-worlders. Different groups, but same idea.
1: All right, let's continue on here. Let us go over to Pixie Lara. Are there any races that resemble giant centipedes? Nothing, the answer is yes. Nothing gross about but that. In,
2: try that again.
1: I said nothing gross about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you ain't gonna like this one, because those giant centipedes are—they are—they are actually on a, on an off-world race. But we used to have them on Earth. They were wandering around during the during. I think it was the Cretaceous period, but they are about, the, the big ones, are anywhere from six to ten feet long. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I know, that's uh, from your stand. And by the way, much as centipedes walk along on a whole pile of feet, these guys walk around on a whole pile of hands. Like all of their all of their appendages are built as as a three pronged hand as a three fingered hand. Three fingers, and I can't do it, but three fingers being split down the middle and then the back one. All completely prehensile. Some poisonous, some not. Some acid spitters. I mean there's a wide array. But again, you don't want these guys walking around on on the surface here. No, you
1: don't. Whereabouts are they located?
2: Well, I do know of a few that are living in in what you call Hollow Earth. Most of them are quite. There's a lot of them on the on the homeworld, and there's another another batch of them that are living over on Zeta Reticulum Three. Where else there are, I don't know. And I do not know where their homeworld is, by the way.
1: All right. Let's continue on here. Let us go to, let's see, Nikki in Seattle. Keith, how many of the feline races do you remember, or know, or have met?
2: Four that I can think of off the top of my head. Five. And there's a, there's a sixth one that's a toss up whether it's feline or rodent, but that's because of its appearance. And no, they are not mainstreamers. But I will tell you the, the, the one race that stands out are Laborians. Laborians are they they look human aside from the fact they happen to have they happen to be hairless in many cases and their life cycle they live and if they don't get killed they live about three hundred and sixty thousand years uh three hundred and sixty thousand years I believe nope that's wrong that is definitely the wrong number. But I do know the calculation for it.
1: what is that calculation?
2: Uh, 365, whoop. Starts out at 365,000 times approximately 40 years, an, an older one. Means you're looking at the average labor. an older laborium will live as much as 14, 14 million Sorry, 14 billion 600 million years. They don't die very easily.
1: No. Okay, I want to ask you for a species that lasts that long, then, Keith, okay, what is their gestation period? Like, how long is childhood? How long is uh, teenagehood?
2: I have never actually calculated it out, but since they if you if you compare them to human, okay, you would have childhood being relegated to five years old, right? You go three hundred and sixty-five thousand times um three hundred and sixty-five thousand times five. You're looking at spending a million eight hundred and twenty-five thousand years as a child. Okay, now there's an everlasting childhood for a human. Have you ever heard one?
1: Very true. Very true. Three minutes to go, Keith. Before we got to go to break, at the bottom of the hour. Our Keith Anders of the ET Connection. Let's go to Christine. Is that process for the individual soul or collective? This is going back to whether or not souls are or aliens have souls. Remember that question in the last hour. Yes, I do. Quite
2: some time ago, but yeah, that that in that is for the individual soul. The collective is a whole different ball game, and the collective doesn't come together until every one of the individual souls have recombined with their own counterparts. And I do mean, and that, I don't mean just from the third dimension, but I mean, once they have all gone to the third dimension, come back to the grid hub, and gone to the other 11, and then come back. Then the collective soul gets to maneuver. Until then, it doesn't go anywhere.
1: All right, 90 seconds. Let's sneak in one more question. This one from Joe. Everybody keeps talking about what a badass all the aliens are.
2: Why don't they show up? Because humans are, because with humans being the dominant surface-dwelling, technologically advanced race on the planet, humans are the caretakers, and humans have taught themselves they are alone. If the aliens were to show up on mass your entire socioeconomic and spiritual backbone of your entire civilization would disintegrate overnight in all probability. And they won't risk that. It is against their mandate to actually interrupt the natural civilization, the natural evolution of local civilization. Hmm. This is why they don't just show up. Because you got to remember the consortium's main battleship, okay, their main gun. If you take the HMS Titanic, turn it broadside, you can slide it inside the barrel and still have room to maneuver.
1: I hear you there, my man.
2: You know, this is their planet, Buster, if they have a problem.
1: All right, Keith, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because the commander of the Woo train has to take a break here on Spaced Out Radio. Our Keith Andrews also has a self-titled YouTube channel that we'd love for you guys to subscribe to because, hey, you got to support the Woo, you got to support the cause as you do each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues on the mighty SOR right after this. Stay tuned. We're doing well tonight, Keith. We are. You know.
2: Yeah, there are some questions that are coming up. I'm glad you're not asking because, let's face it, I'm not exactly known for being politically correct. Ah, <laughs> you
1: know? uh, we still love you, man. We still love you.
2: I mean, I look at some of the questions that pop in, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know? But no, they, the thing is, on my channel, I end up talking about D&D, um, self-help, aliens, the paranormal. You know, I pretty much have a, have a fairly wide run. You know what you're doing. And yes, I did. Well, it's working. I'm at five thirty five sixty five fifty nine, I think, ish.
1: Gotta get yeah, you up so to a thousand. Gotta get you up to a thousand, man. That's when you can start uh, I'm working mon- on it. Monetizing.
2: Yeah, the, the the video, that I, the, the program I was going to be using for pre-recording and uploading, it collapsed on me. So, at this point, trying to pre-record doesn't work that well. Because I don't think YouTube does, and I haven't had the time to look into... With everything else going on, I haven't had the time to look into...
3: The Five Star Review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options, even for 0% interest, right into the proposal, and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes. With ServiceTitan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. ServiceTitan.com.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game starts
2: um any of the other possibles that and the fact that finances have been to say the least tight Truth. Truth. but i did get that sorted out and it's not straight but i'm on the right track now to get it stable I can't complain about a compliment like that. Eugene has just said in the chat room there, I don't trust. But after eight years, I like and do trust Dave without question. Well, he's way too kind. He is way too kind. Nobody can relate to his outlook as well. (laughs) All too well. You know... This doesn't mean anybody's perfect, but it certainly is better than some of the other ones I look at. My brother
1: Eugene. But yeah,
2: we have to connect with Eugene.
1: Derek Galloway, I got a uh, very, very weird video from you today. Some creepy character calling out El Ovni Volador. Hi, Lily Pond. How are you? Hi, Thurston Howell the Third. It was strange, really strange, and I don't know why this this thing would uh, message me. When I have nothing to do with El avni Volador.
2: Yeah, I got the same video from by the way. Mm. Derek Galloway. Uh, and I didn't understand it much myself. I didn't understand it at all either. It's something, I think it's something out of one of the video games, which I don't do.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird, Keith. It's very weird. I think you have to be on drugs for it.
2: Well, I try. I'm on Coke and caffeine, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. Does that count as a drug?
1: So, Derek, is this creature you? Are you the guy who is calling out El Avni Volador? Are you the man behind the mask? Big thank you tonight to Susie B, Simon in Australia, and Josh for the amazing super chats tonight. We very much appreciate the love. Don't forget you can join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. The link is below in our YouTube channel in the description. Shop at our store on our website, We do not have ugly swag, people. Others may like their uglies. We don't. Here we go. Second half of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott, the man behind the microphone. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. We're on every major podcast network, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and every podcast network in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spacedoutradio. Instagram at Spaced out Radio show, and You can find us on Patreon at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Here we go once again. Final half hour with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Keith, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's always a pleasure.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having us. I mean, it's it's been a heck of a ride. You realize we are pushing eight and a half years at this point.
1: Pretty close, if not past. That is for sure. There's some truth right there. Well, for
2: some reason, March strikes me as when we started. Could be. I have no. You'll have to go back into your records if you've even gone back that far.
1: All right, let's continue on with our audience questions. The Demon wants to know, where do orbs come from? That
2: depends on which species. Um, The Vrozic look like an orb. Okay. They're an off that doesn't use ships. Okay. There is a... There is... Let's see. The the Vrozic and the Yumion both look like orbs. Okay. Then you've got the Xenon. I'm thinking that's the wrong name. This is one of the reasons why I write things down. I know who I'm looking for. It's just a, remember, a case of remembering exactly who. But yeah, of course. Well, Xurzix don't look like an orb. They're just a spark. But I am looking. The uh, Xurzix so are the first ones. But where the heck are they getting? There we are. The Zotar. But the Zotar are only this tall. Okay, like they're only four to six inches tall. They have a height a height restriction. If you're not under three inches, you're not learning to fly. Because they don't make the ships any bigger for them.
1: Are they the you ones... Well, so it depends
2: on which race you're talking about as far as where they come from. The massive majority of people that take pictures and see orbs in their room... Usually, the massive majority are nothing but dust particles picking up reflection. But this does not mean orbs don't exist. Quite the contrary.
1: Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Joe. If Dave Scott were a nuclear weapon, what would his yield be? Taco Bell. Very simple on that, Taco Bell. Paul wants to know... What will aliens do if the Middle East fighting turns into World War III? We had a similar question earlier, Keith.
2: Yeah, the answer in this case: grab the equivalent of popcorn and sit down and watch. You don't think they would intervene? None, if it doesn't become a global nuclear. If it becomes global nuclear, global global uh, neutron. Something that will damage the actual ecosystem of the planet en masse. They'll leave it alone. They're not here to protect humans. That is not their mandate, and it's not what they're about to come in on. Yeah, I have no doubt there are many of the races, not the least of which would be the Orions, would set up a gambling table and start betting on who is going to win. And I don't mean who is going to win as in which country. I mean, oh, look, we've got two guys firing there are squaring off and we got a sniper over here. So who's going to bet on the sniper and who's going to bet on who are the two guys? And they'll turn it into a massive gambling event. And, yeah, I know that sounds absolutely cold, but according to the offworlders, humans don't know how to have a war.
1: We're pretty good at it, though.
2: No, you're actually not, politely put. Um, The reason I say that is, first of all, in a war, there is no such thing as a safe territory. Secondly, much more importantly, if you were really good at it, and this sounds extremely cold, and I'll apologize ahead of time, we would not have a population rise at all. War is designed where one party moves in and wipes out the other one wholesale until the other one finally says, don't you win. And then if you're lucky, the war stops or it becomes an annihilation. Humans don't do that. Thankfully, this is a good thing in my eyes. But no, mankind has no idea what a global war looks like. All right, let's go to
1: Dirt Road. How far off are we from a Deep Space Nine kind
2: of situation? Politely, on a safe bet, 150 to 200 years.
1: So for people who may not know what Space Nine is,
2: fill us in. Deep Space Nine is an offshoot of, of Star Trek. Now, Gene Roddenberry, back in 1963, started approaching the various different and different um, television studios at the time to get Star Trek put on air. In 1967, one of them finally picked it up, and I forget which one. Okay. Gene Roddenberry was definitively, he was definitively a visionary. A lot of what he put on the, on the screen. We're living today. Deep Space Nine was just simply another one of those. It was an extension on what Gene had already laid out. Many of the races that you see on Deep Space Nine exist. Okay. Not the least of which, if you know Deep Space Nine, you take a look at at, at, uh, Odo, and that is a perfect rendition of a Korlock. Okay. You go back to space 1999, and the lady, my, and the lady my, uh, Maya, I believe her name was, the shapeshifter, was, or more to the point, is a real species. Okay, you just don't have them on Earth, that's all.
1: All right, Keith, let's move on. Super crazy. Just asking a pair of questions here. Can humans make babies with any alien species, or only
2: some species, or none at all? Some species, in order for a human to make a natural birth, they have to be built the same way. Now, I will tell you, there's a couple of species, I heard somebody tell me they were a naturally conceived Anunnaki half-breed. Well, we got to understand, yes, Anunnaki look human. 15 to 30 feet tall human, but they look human. Now, picture a 15-foot human. Trying to have a natural birth with a with a with a, a standardized human, you also will never find. Well, number one, you really don't want to try and have a child with a um, with a clock. I mean, they exist, but there's never two parents left because of the, the the female the female Klee-Klock, much like the female mantis on Earth will eat their partner during sex. Which kind of ruins the whole thing about raising your own kid. And clearly the elementals you just cannot mate with. Makes sense, Keith. You know, I mean, there's a lot of variations there, but ultimately you get the idea.
1: Follow-up from Super Crazy. Are all space-traveling aliens capable of time travel? to
2: both the past and future? None of them can go to the past. And only some of them can go to the future. But understanding that, the ones that go to the future never come back to the past. Okay, because they can't reverse. So they're jumping to the future. And that's where they stay. Which doesn't do much for Freud for future evolution but they do have technology whereby they can look to the past and see what decisions were made to see if they're on the right track for moving down the same road.
1: All right, let's continue on here. Decipher is asking, Keith, how do you have your contact? What is your form of communication with him?
2: More often than not, physical relocation. Okay, I have done it via astral, via telepathic link. Okay, but by and large, it's face-to-face. And, you know, I know how weird that sounds. But this is why I say I don't research, I live. And yeah, my life is far more like science fiction than anything else.
1: Oh, that's true. That is very true. All right, let's continue on.
2: Yeah, I answer those let's... There have been enough witnesses to back that up. I'm just not about to try and track them down. Nor will I even tell you who they were, even if I did know where they were.
1: None of my business. Let's go to flying monkeys. Keith, have you seen any aliens that look like flying monkeys? I get accused of
2: being an alien hybrid. Well I can't do much about the accusations, but the answer to your question is yes. Okay. The neat part about it is these things that look like flying monkeys, don't get into a fight with them because their tech makes yours look like backwater. When they're carrying handheld pulse cannons that can shatter the front end of a the, the front end of an F sixteen. Right. You know, without even blinking. Okay. Or you take a look at the blades they carry that can actually cut through the hull of a super tanker. You just don't want to play with these guys. They're no. not polite and they don't play by the rules, at least not yours.
1: Very true. Very true. Let's go over to Paul. Why doesn't the government help prevent aliens from kidnapping?
2: Why doesn't the government plan produce a, a balanced budget? We are. You got to remember something about the about the government. Doesn't matter which government, what country. Every one of them, pretty much, is a straight human. Well, I don't know if they're straight, but they're human. Uh, okay, offworlders are not allowed to be in government, in any position of a superpower. Or of a major corporation. So the government does what it does. And bearing in mind that I don't actually consult much with the government, heck, I barely consult with them enough to pay taxes. (laughs) You know.
1: Cheater. Bad Keith. Bad Oh, no, I pay
2: my taxes. I don't like the idea of the vertical bar scene.
1: No. No, definitely not. All right. Flying Monkey is asking, have you ever seen any aliens that look like flying monkeys?
2: Well, it's kind of like saying, have you ever seen, a... I mean, the answer to that is yes. But that's kind of like asking if somebody's seen a duck that looks like a duck. Very true. See, the, the race that, is, that looks like flying monkeys, well, they are. From a human standpoint, they're they're simian based. In truth, they're not actually simian. Simeon being the scientific term for monkey or ape. Okay.
1: I get you there. Let's move on. Derek is wondering, tell me about the damn scummy people or that wasn't a question. He just put that in capital letters. Let's go to C S. Why do humans live relatively short lives then?
2: Oh, that is because of the amount of toxins that you guys are putting into your atmosphere and the amount of energy you put on looking on focusing on the negative side of life. That negative vibration is shutting down your, your healing rate and your recovery rate. Scientists have already proven that the that every, every cell in the human body is replaced every seven years, each organ at a different pace. But with that in mind, there's no reason humans should be dying, except for the fact that you keep poisoning yourselves, either in the atmosphere, in the foodstuffs you're eating, or in your mental attitude. Okay, can it be corrected? The answer is yes. Personally, I've outlived myself way or more often than I care to count. I'm aiming to make at least 137 years, which means I'm only halfway through my life if I get my way.
1: Let's continue on. Let's go to Big J. R. Keith, are ETs only interested in DNA?
2: Absolutely not. They are interested in the entire xeno socioeconomic economic superculture. And that probably sounds Swahili come to think of it. They are interested in the entire makeup of, of, of the soul for of the soul for um, interaction and its subsequent evolution. Okay.
1: Is that a good thing for humanity or?
2: Um, That depends on them. If mankind decides it's going to start working together, then there is virtually nothing we will not be able to accomplish. The unfortunate part is most people have forgotten about what is possible. And they've been taught and understandably, you know, the people that are teaching teaching the current the current generation were taught the same negative behaviors. Right. So I can't really blame the teachers. You know, they're just teaching what they were what they were taught.
1: I understand. I understand fully, and that's another great answer by our Keith Andrews here on the ET Connection. Let's continue on. Let's go to Oregon Viking. Keith, what do you think about North go- Norse gods and the role they play in the development of Earth?
2: That was comical. That really was. And I'm still looking. I came across their actual name a while ago, and I'm looking for it again. But when the Norse, and when what we call the Norse gods arrived, the Norse gods, the Roman gods, the Egyptian gods, and the Greek gods, when these guys showed up, They showed up in their own ships and what have you. And the local humans went, oh, my, you're gods. And and we're going to worship you. Well, the Nords being a little bit egocentric went, what's that mean? Well, we're going to give you this and we're going to bring you this stuff for free. And we're going to cater to your every need. North gods went, bonus, sat down, took on the role of gods. Now, do understand. The Norse gods did live on and they did live on Mount Olympus. Problem Mount Olympus wasn't on Earth.
3: But The five-star review. It's as important to contractors as it is to customers. Service Titan can help you earn more stars on the most popular review sites with innovative all-in-one software designed to keep customers coming back for more. Take it from the guys at Rainforest Plumbing and Air. The best customer experience we can provide at Rainforest Plumbing and Air might be helping our customers afford what they need. Yeah, with Service Titan, we can build financing options even for 0% interest right into the proposal and the application takes like five minutes. It's crazy how convenient that is. Service Titan helps contractors in plumbing, HVAC, electrical, and other trades, deliver the modern experiences customers have come to expect in a more connected world. From self-scheduling appointments online to technician tracking and two-way texting to simplified payment processes, with ServiceTitan, every step of the way is easier and more convenient for your customers. That translates to repeat business and more loyalty for you. Start earning more five-star reviews and winning more jobs. Schedule a demo today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. Servicetitan.com
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips. With both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. Bet online where the game starts.
2: They held, they held the reins, and you know, all of, you know, the North gods, North Greek and Roman gods, they were the same people. They just went to the different countries depending. Okay, the Anion, which were the Egyptian gods, came in way before that. But then, what happened was the consortium got into the area and went, "Guys, you're not gods." Get off the planet and go home. Net result, the Norse gods vanished almost overnight. Okay, same as the Eniod, the Egyptian gods. But what they played they didn't play, play much and and play much of a part in the development of Earth, so much as capitalized on the people on the naive humans that were here. Mm. But that's ultimately the role they played. They thoroughly enjoyed themselves. All right.
1: Let's go to another question here, Keith. Let's go to Nikki, as we have about just over four minutes to go. Two questions left. What is the E.T. ships made out of? The ships that can morph due to consciousness connection with the E.T.'s who are aboard those ships? I like this question by the way.
2: Now, number one, as far as the ships that can that can morph, depending on the ship, you're usually looking at a biomineralogical mineralogical compound. It's basically a crossover between the two between the the two um materials, if you will. Okay. Now there are some that simply put a holographic field around them to make them look like they're different. Um, And oh, well, ships can more due to consciousness with the yeah. That is done through that is done through a telepathic a telepathic link with the ship itself. When you take a look at the Archon, now the Archon are not, they aren't a ship per se. But they can take people in them and work like a piggyback, if you will. The Archons start off literally as a microscopic entity, and then evolve to the size to larger than a planet. Hmm. Okay, there are other races out there that are actually transformed into. Basically, what they do is they take the species, lobotomize it, and turn it into a ship. Okay. Let me
1: add to this for a second, because I've always thought that a lot of these craft are biological. Meaning that they... Many can- of them are.
2: Are they? Some are. They're, they're a, bio- a biomechanical construct, many of them. Okay, they have to have some of them. Need the the mechanical construct because if you take the bioorganism and you put a bunch of organic beings inside the stomach, can you picture where the problem is?
1: Yeah, but isn't that how they connect no,
2: how the, to the human? I know that's how they eat the human. This is why it, it's a symbiotic setup. Okay, with some of it, and again, we're talking about a wide array of technology. What mankind, like what mankind calls cybernetics. Talk about low-grade backward stuff compared to some of what these guys are handling.
1: All right, we got time for one more question here. All right, and this one comes from Derek. R. Keith, do you think any aliens slip through the cracks of the galactic consortium and are down
2: here living with humans in disguise. Undoubtedly. However, if they, if they just live in amongst humans in disguise and aren't, aren't moving into areas of political and or corporate power, they will be left alone. It's like, okay, you went down there. You're living as a human. You're hiding amongst the humans. Have a happy. Follow these guidelines and we'll leave you alone countermand those guidelines, and we'll remove you. At which point, they end up vanishing. But yes, no system is 100% perfect. All right.
1: Do you think then, Keith, that there are more aliens here than we really truly believe right now living among us.
2: Absolutely. In all fairness, more of those will be hybrid than actual full-blown alien. And they will only be relegated to the ones that can pass for human. You're not going to see a reptilian walking around on the streets. Or if you do, everybody's going to know about it.
1: Very true. Our Keith Andrews of the Geek T Connection. We will talk to you for our final show of twenty twenty three next month, Keith. Appreciate you coming up next. Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. Then Little Timmy Seanor brings us the UFO report, a giant. Another break here on Space Down Radio. All right, Keith, great job tonight, buddy.
2: Thank you so much.
1: We will talk to you at the beginning of December. Well, you and I will talk before that. Yeah, I love you, man. Thank you for being here. No problem at all. Thanks, Dave. You Take, take care. Good night, buddy. All right, that's our Keith Andrews. I will be right back as well, guys. One second here. I am back. Starseed Awakening, how are you? Oh. All right, thank you tonight to Vaughn, Monkey, Susie B, Simon, and Josh for the awesome super chats tonight. I think I'm missing one. Oh, and Joanne, thank you for the super sticker as well. Thank you very much. Really helps what we do on this show. Appreciate that. Let's posters. There we go. Right there. Look at Joanne. Look at that cute little picture of her. Right there. Little Timmy Senors warming up in the bullpen right now. Stretching out his arms. Just so you guys know, there's not going to be an after show. I'm I'm really sore, and I'm going to bed after the show. So, uh, here we go with the final hour, everyone.
2: Aye, aye, aye you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to
4: Dave Scott and SOR.
1: Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadrimanus. Quadrimanus is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night, right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the Space Travelers Club. It's that time of the night where we kick off hour number three. Steve Stockton from Among the Missing is here for another spooky story. <music>
4: Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Space Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. In July 1971, eight-year-old Douglas Leg of Baldwinsville, New York, was camping with his family at the Melvin family estate on the Santanoni Reserve in the town of Newcomb, located in Essex County, New York. The estate was owned by Douglas's great uncle, Crandall Melvin Sr., and was situated on 13,000 acres in the rugged terrain of the Adirondack Mountains. Around 3.30 p.m. on July 10, Douglas attempted to follow his uncle, Myron Melvin, into the woods. However, Myron instructed him to return to his parents' campsite, which was one hundred and fifty yards away and within sight of the main camp via an old logging trail. Douglas was only wearing short pants, and the area was known to have poison ivy. When he failed to return, Douglass' father, William Enleg, reported his son missing, and a massive ground search ensued, consisting of military reservists, National Guard units, civilians, helicopters, canines, and dive teams. A team of 31 mountain search personnel from California also assisted. Warren Boehm, one of the California searchers, said, The search in the Adirondacks is different in some ways from that in western states because of the heavy undergrowth, which limits vision to less than six feet in some spots. Trooper Robert W. Wojtowicz said his bloodhound, Bo, picked up a good scent but lost it. At one point during the search, intermittent rain fell overnight, and Wojtowicz said any new scent bow tract of Douglas would likely be fresh. State Police Captain R. V. Dupuy said that searchers had not discovered any physical evidence indicating where Douglas might have gone. Despite the rain, officials said they would use helicopters and vehicles as weather permitted. Dive teams also scoured Newcomb Lake on the whim that Douglas may have gone for a swim or fallen into the water, but still no trace of the young boy was found. Environmental Conservation Department Officer Sid Makus said, Essentially, there's a sign that something is very funny. I've been looking for people up here for ten years, and there's always a sign. Something. A lost sneaker, maybe, or a torn t-shirt. Here, there's none. After all this time, with all these people looking, there should be. So, what happened to Douglas Legg? Multiple interviews of family and friends were conducted, also without result. No foul play was ever indicated. To this day, Douglas has never been found. Anyone with information regarding Douglas' disappearance is asked to contact New York State Troopers at 518-897-2000.
1: Thank you, Steve, for another creepy, weird story from Among the Missing. Yeah, you can find out more by going to Among the Missing on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash among the missing, and right from there, you can just hit subscribe, ring that bell, and get right to it. Hear many more for free. From the missing to the mysterious, it's time to bring in little Timmy Seanor and the UFO report.
4: Nobody's
2: gonna know,
5: they're gonna know.
1: Tim Seenor back again for the UFO report and Tim, a lot of comments, people not happy that uh, you're going to be leaving us here pretty soon. I'm going to rub that in. I'm going to rub it in, man.
5: Yeah, it's mutual. It's, it. you know, parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> it's, it's going to be no big deal. You guys are going to see me around and for everyone that's sick of me, Here's a break.
1: (laughs) Yes, we are on the search right now to find Tim's replacement as he sails off into the sunset to make documentaries, to make television shows, to trim his chin hair. You know, it's uh, just everything that we got to do. Yeah, I know. I know. We're all sad about it. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time because there's a lot coming forward that the people don't know. And you've got some... Uh, very very uh let, let me put it this way you got your hands deep in the cookie jars for some major projects coming up and you got to put your attention on that and make sure that you know all goes well because if all goes well, it just means all goes well for all of us, all of us
5: that's right that's right that's right and um you know I will miss this three hours a week that we have and this great conversation that you have brought me in on and uh, it's been an education and it's been fun.
1: We got a little bit of a breaking news story tonight, Mm -hmm. and this one doesn't surprise me, but it looks like by the end of the year, highly controversial Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick will be leaving his position with arrow By year's end. Wow. What's happening here, Timmy?
5: According to sources, the Pentagon's UFO chief will resign by year's end. And so amid a wave of complaints accusing him of making false statements about UFO whistleblowers and fostering a, quote, atmosphere of disinterest, it seems like the only way out at this point so whether it's a planned exit or a rushed exit we will discuss four major candidates however have been interviewed to replace the current director of the pentagon's ufo office and dr sean Kirkpatrick. following months of heated public sparring between the former cia physicist ufo whistleblowers and activists now the pentagon appears to have already made the decision on Kirkpatrick's unnamed successor. I have a few ideas on who that might be. According to one former Pentagon official with past involvement in related UFO investigation programs. And so you can kind of fill in the gap there, Jay Stratton. So given their public affairs track record, this may not be put out to the press until well after the change. But who knows? So this personnel shift marks the culmination of months.
3: Of Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical contractors on ServiceTitan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on Service Titan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of five stars on customer review sites. Add it all up, and the answer is clear: when solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, Service Titan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at ServiceTitan.com. That's ServiceTitan.com. Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated and on all the action, bet online, where the game starts.
5: And counter accusations traded between Kirkpatrick and former intel officer David Grush, who has alleged widespread li- illegalities stemming from a long secret UFO program. And so this week, Grush publicly accused Kirkpatrick of lying about his office's efforts to investigate these claims, which he had been laid out clearly. As of last July, under oath before Congress. So previously, Kirkpatrick had described Grush's same testimony and made before the House Oversight Committee as insulting to the officers of the Department of Defense and Intelligence community. So We are seeing a lot going on and there are also, Dave, some other rumors, if you will call them that, that Kirkpatrick has also had some interest at the Oak Ridge uh, National Laboratory. In fact, it looked like he actually had his pedigree posted there briefly at the lab's website being personnel before it was briefly taken down. So, Although there has been no personal announcements at this time, it is very clear that Kirkpatrick has some plans to leave at some point, but not to be considered moonlighting for Battelle or ORNL in Oak Ridge, Tennessee.
1: Well let's so, let's, not my, to, Orleans, let's not forget let's not forget Enigma Labs either.
5: Right. Right, and that position is absolutely in his consideration, I'm sure. And now my guess is obviously that potentially someone like Jay Stratton could be his replacement. That is 100% just a, a wild guess of one of the four that potentially were interviewed. And so that would be my choice if I was going to pick someone, Dave. Your thoughts? Well, Pretty controversial stuff.
1: If I had my choice to see who ends up with this job, I – I would, I, I, could see where you would pick Jay Stratton. I really do. But my dark horse in this would be Chris Mellon. He's got the government experience working under two presidents in the Defense Department. He is somebody who understands the media when it comes to UFOs. He understands the topic. He is a very smooth talker. He knows how to speak politically in Washington, D.C. He is someone who can keep a secret with his NDAs, and he knows how far he can push the limits. I think he is the perfect choice for this, considering he doesn't need the job. He's there to try and bring the story out, hopefully without a threat narrative. That's what I would like to see happen. But it's not our choice. But here's the other thing. When we first started learning about Jay Stratton, not Jay Stratton, pardon me, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, it was one of the first shows we talked about him where I said, what? Within a year to a year and a half, he's going to be gone, probably retired and go spend his time making the big bucks for private corporation and lo and behold it's not even a year and we're finding out he doesn't want the job wonder why is, is it the yeah. pres- is, is it the pressure never mind that he that he got caught lying okay but is it the pressure does he not want is there something about this topic that he doesn't like or want to deal with? Is it is it the money? Is it is there something that scares him about this topic? Is it the political game? Is it a lot of pressure? Is it the fact that realistically we did find out in the hearings that the money allotted to him and the Aero program was never given to them by the military? and he felt his hands were tied? Is he going over to Enigma Labs to help Peter Thiel and that crew run that board? Is he going to a different agency for, you know, hey, he may have a $70,000 a year job at the Pentagon, but that might triple to 210000 or more in the private world. What do you think?
5: Well, we know that politics is a political hot potato. And this position as chair at Arrow could be something that is a planned rotation because that person is under constant political fire and scrutiny. They are literally the liaison with the public. So you could see them potentially replacing that position regularly so that that person doesn't literally get burned out. Now, also consider... Recently, we also learned that Kirkpatrick was using a clandestine group of people to his advisory board. And some of those connections were believed to be with some independent companies that are into some of the material handling and some potential secret tech and things like that. So we have that kind of working also in the background at the same time as all this. Now, while the precise reasons for his alleged departure remain murky, Kirkpatrick has faced vehement public criticisms in recent weeks and from UFO enthusiasts and so-called disclosure advocates seeking government transparency on UFOs and aliens. Now, consider the fact that the biggest step that he put out really had nothing to do with UFOs and aliens or even UAP. The biggest thing he did was to put out the website and a reporting system for historical um, cases where there are supposed black budget programs taking place. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought it was more of a witch hunt for technology to potentially be outed and, who knows, used for governmental usage rather than what we were hoping for, which would be disclosure. That's why we hear nothing about what they have discovered. So that is just my own thoughts on why they're starting with that because of course they're interested. If anyone is going to be wheedled out with interesting technology that they could use, well, that's fantastic. Now, if they're going to share that with the public, that's a whole nother conversation. And so Dave, I feel like they are rotating this position out simply because they want those people to be in the need to know position where they can answer something honestly. And, um, Kirkpatrick at this point knows too much.
1: Does he know too much or has he played the political game too much? I mean, we're talking about somebody here, my friend who has, you know, been a constant person of controversy regarding the UFO UAP phenomena since the beginning. I had a private conversation with someone who knew him personally who didn't have very wise words of the man. There were a lot of expletives leading up to the adjectives when he brought up Sean Kirkpatrick. Sean Kirkpatrick has seemed to be someone who has more motivation to kill this story than to actually motivate it to a higher level of where it should be. And... (laughs) He reminds me a lot of my former sports director in Vancouver. We worked in sports, man. We got to press passes to every game and event in the city. Our job was to tell the scores. And yet my former boss was the most miserable son of a gun you could ever meet. You would swear that his dog pooped in his coffee every morning. How do you get so upset when you have a dream job? People would die for that sports job, okay? And the access that you get to the athletes, to to the free rounds of golf, to the, the free swag you get, you know, going to uh, press conferences. And, and I remember when the Molson Indy was in Vancouver. Holy cow, did they treat us well but he was miserable. Every day was a rainy, cloudy day. And that's when I look at Sean Kirkpatrick and I think, you have a job. Your name could be in the history books forever. Forever. As the man who literally helped unify the world in a subject of whether or not there is life out there. And you towed the party line and were miserable about it from day one. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it.
5: I think it was clear that it was his job to obfuscate this topic. and potentially wheedle out some technology that could be usable. I think that that is clearly defined in front of us. Now, I know it does seem kind of apparent, too, that he is going to cash in on this job, because this is a stepping stone to a job that will have quite a paycheck, potentially, as you and I discussed earlier. Now, the petition allegation that Dr. Kirkpatrick has assembled that secret advisory panel that I spoke of to run Arrow, while still unproven, first emerged the same day that a host of other YouTube channels and reporting agencies brought out that information and cited an anonymous source on that. So it's under credible information that he does have an advisory committee that are linked to some pretty serious um, you know, Battelle, for instance, or some, you know, an organization that is well connected in technology. And so, you know, that if it is his secret advisory panel, well, these are probably people that, you know, are advising him and consider also that according to Grush, he did inform Dr. Kirkpatrick back at J2, I believe two years ago, and they had a conversation. Now, what exactly took place there you and i may never know but we can assume that it was an interesting conversation because the two of them remembered each other right and so that could be why they're you know Kirkpatrick's avoiding getting anything on record any conversation that they have he doesn't want that on record because he'd be responsible for that information and tracking it down i think that that is an obvious thing and so this is a perfect time for him to exit And with those responsibilities, exit with him. So this newcomer, they may remain anonymous for a while, but eventually will be the spokesperson. And they will have to answer in a new term. And they will probably only focus on changes and looking forward, Dave, as, you know, that's their narrative.
1: The big question that we have to ask now, Tim, is will this new person, whoever it is, be towing the company line or are they doing this job for the right purpose, which is to control the UFO narrative under UAP and potentially, eventually years down the road, bring out some sort of disclosure or are they going to try and sweep it under the rug once again? I think it's a very important question. It's something we're going to have to dig into over the next little bit. And it's something where how friendly is this person going to be? Is he going to be media savvy? Is he going to be good? And it could be she. Is he or she going to be good in front of the camera? Are they going to be able to play the media card to their advantage? Are they going to be trying to push for more openness in the subject? There's a lot of questions coming up on this one, Tim, and it's something that we're going to have to uh, build a lot of information around. That is for sure. The UFO report with our resident Timbit continues right after this. We're going to the Arctic Circle, where apparently there are some UFOs flying over, or maybe more UAPs. And what would it be without ending the week on Tom DeLonge? can he just continue to play for like 182?
5: Man, I was napping and uh, my son came in to ask me to come and lay down with him. And I was like, okay. I looked down and it was like 10 minutes to showtime. I was like, oh my gosh. Good thing he came in. I was done. I was out for the night.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I know what that's like. I know what that's like. I'm having one of those nights, too, man. Hey, man, and Abe. how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I had a busy day at work, and I was kind of following this. I don't watch Twitter at work because it could be a little distracting naughty, (laughs) but I was trying to figure out what this was all about because, you know, a lot of people were pumping up Chris Mellon for the name, but, or for the job.
5: I don't see it. I think his hands are in too many pies and he's got enough pull right where he is. I, I think, uh, I don't know. Well, you heard what I think. Um, and I also heard along with that, that this new person that they've chosen, because they've already chosen, um, is a, a UFO supporter. hmm Which you probably heard as well. And so that will really make that interesting.
1: I will try <coughs> and have the answer by Monday night.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a phone call, and hopefully that phone call gets answered because if that phone call gets yeah. answered, I'm okay.
5: Yeah, but they can't say. We could never say it publicly. There's no way. It's, we're not the venue. We'd get spanked. <laughs> I think my guess was pretty good.
1: I think you have a good guess. I love it. They chose Gordon Mm -hmm. Shumway, also known as Alf.
5: Oh, yeah. Gordon Shumway. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he getting cats delivered or something to the home address and needed to have like a human name?
1: Yep. Love Gordon Shumway. Classic. Total classic. How you doing, little Timmy Senor?
5: Good. wrecked. wrecked. It's been a it's been a heck of a week. Super stressful week. But I'm ready for a little weekend. I might be doing some driving.
1: Where are you going?
5: Up to see well, I might go visit our little Grant.
1: Oh, little Granty Baker. Yeah. Very nice.
5: Go see what's what with him.
1: He was supposed to call me today. Busy guy. Very busy.
5: Yeah. miss that dude. Good people there.
1: If all of you would like Grant Baker to take over for Tim, start hitting up Grant on Facebook.
5: And throw a one in the chat. A number one for Grant. I think he'd be great.
1: I think he'd be great.
5: You gotta want it. And there is research, by the way. Like, I start researching first thing in the morning, and I just kind of, hopefully by showtime, have three solid, you know,
1: Three—it's it's like three solid poos a day. That's what you do.
5: Yeah. <laughs> three solids. Hello, usually by lunchtime.
1: Best name on YouTube: Dry Toast. Right there.
5: <clears throat> Toilet humor.
1: Magnus Vermagnuson, what's happening?
5: Have a fun chat. I'm I'm just reading chat tonight. Sorry. I'm a little distracted.
1: Hold on. What did our boys say about the UFOs over the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, SpacedOutRadio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon by joining the Space Travelers Club. Tim Senor, the UFO report continues right now. <coughs> oh, where did that come from? Sorry about that, radio <laughs> audience. Yeah, Tim's here. I got all verklempt and choked up that Tim Seenor is back with the UFO report. And we had some uh, aliens flying over the North Pole. See, maybe it's just me, Tim. Maybe it's just me. We're into November now. You know what next month is? It's December. You know who flies on December 24th? Santa Claus. Okay? I'm 50 years old. And I still believe in Santa Claus,
3: Tim. Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical contractors on Service Titan put up big numbers. How big? In their first two years on Service Titan, contractors typically see a 17% increase in revenue, a 9% increase in average ticket size, and a 10% increase in call booking rates. They also average a 4.7 out of 5 stars on customer review sites. Add it all up, and the answer is clear. When solving for profitability, productivity, and growth, ServiceTitan is an essential part of the equation for contractors like you. Learn more today at ServiceTitan.com. That's Service Individual results may vary.
0: As the last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and now college basketball is set to go as well, BetOnline.net is your top spot for all pro and college action this season. With pro basketball, pro and college football, and hockey all in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops information along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline.net today to stay updated on all the action bet online where the game starts
1: okay I think because they counted this is true you can't make this up they said there were nine weird UAPs flying around the Arctic that scrambled jets from Alaska which would have been uh, US Air Force Base Elmendorf how many reindeer are there?
5: I think there's t- 10. I think it's 10. Nine. Nine or 10. Nine. You there got, you got go.
1: Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comic, Cubit, Donner, Blitzen, and Rudolph. Nine. Nine reindeer. Got. Okay. Isn't that a little too coincidental?
5: Is it a joke?
1: I'm being serious because, like I said, dude, I'm 50 years old. I still believe in Santa Claus.
5: NORAD tracks it. Exactly. Right? Every year. Yeah. I don't know how to respond, but that I didn't put that together and just until just now. Um, you know, and so sources did actually tell, you know, people that NORAD had scrambled jets to intercept that UAP. And although NORAD denies the incident, saying that jets were on training operations, Three other objects were shot down in February and they still remain unidentified. So, three days before the Chinese spy balloon that appeared over the US, an unidentified object was seen over the Arctic Circle with fighter jets being sent to take down the object. And so, exclusive reporting from Ross Coltheart, investigative journalist reporting for News Nation calls into question whether the country has been given the full story when it comes to a series of mysterious flying objects that captivated the nation back in February. Now, we don't usually report on other reporters, but he's bringing quite a good question forward. Four incidents were reported publicly, including one involving a giant Chinese spy balloon. But sources told News Nation that there was actually a fifth incident before all the others, And that's the one that we're talking about. So Americans were shocked when the Pentagon admitted a massive high altitude Chinese surveillance balloon was able to enter the U.S. airspace. Now, the balloon drifted across North America for days before being shot down by U.S. fighters off the coast of South Carolina. Excuse me. Now, six days later, it happened again on the 10th of February around 145. And the first of three objects were shot down by the U.S. fighters near the northern Alaska town of Dead Horse. Now, all three of the objects are still officially acknowledged as unexplained. And so, officials launched a massive air and ground search to find the objects, and within hours of shooting them down, White House National Secretary Council Spokesman John Kirby admitted they had no idea what those objects were. So in a quote, they were saying that we're calling this object because that's the best description we have right now. We don't know who owns it, whether it's state-owned, corporate-owned, or privately-owned. We just don't know. So the incursions kept happening. A second cylindrical object was shot down over Canada's Yukon the following day on the 11th of February. And then on the 12th, a third object was down over Lake Huron near Michigan, and that object was described as octagonal in nature. So three sources ended up coming forward and publicly talking about an undisclosed incident over the Arctic Circle that happened on the 1st of February, three days before the Chinese balloon incident. So... The defense and intelligence sources said that eight or nine unidentified UAPs were detected over the Arctic Circle, and fighter jets were sent up in an unsuccessful attempt to intercept them. And so the fighter jets deployed from North America Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, to engage the objects. sources said. But the UAPs were seen maneuvering away at high speeds. So former Deputy, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Christopher Mellon independently confirmed this story, quoting, I've heard the same thing from an individual who would have plausible reason to know. But this really speaks to a much larger issue, which is the lack of information from the U.S. Air Force about UAPs. And so we've obviously heard quite a lot about the fact that they are really not ready to disclose any information. And now NORAD is saying that it did have aircraft flying in the area, but they were returning home to home base as part of a training operation. So these same sources also told News Nation that the object the U.S. shot down on the 10th of February was also anomalous So, there has been silence in eight months since it was shot down, and the White House assured the public it was confident the Alaska object debris would be recovered. Now, recently we've heard we may get imagery from that finally, even in the words of Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick himself. He's saying that once that imagery has been cleared, they will make what they can available to the public. Dave, I'm very interested to hear, hopefully, more about what took place on the 1st of February, because that's an incredible story. And it matches up with a lot of the data and the analysis that we've been hearing lately on UAP. Well, Interesting stuff.
1: Well, I, uh, I'll i stick to my guns and what I said before. I don't think any of it is UFO. Okay? There's nothing going on with UFOs. We know the Chinese balloon. We know the object that was shot down in Canada was a metallic object flying at about 40 kilometers an hour, which equals out to about 22 miles an hour. It did not make any sharp turns or anything. It was just a metallic object, like a giant drone traveling very, very slowly. We know that because Defense Minister Anita Anand announced on Canadian media that this is what the object was before being shot down by an American uh, jet fighter. We also know that the one over the Great Lakes was similar to that as well, although not released. The fact that they couldn't find it, come on. Come on. They know where every one of these are. Every one of them. Okay. I could see having troubles getting the one in the Yukon because with all the snow, the impact would have softened the bounce, but in those areas, the glaciers and the snow doesn't melt during the summertime. And when something from that high falls into, say, 30, 40, 50 feet of soft powder, it's going to disappear. So that works too. All right. Canadian CF-18s were dispatched to this object as well. I'm just getting this right now. So just bear with me. It's it's coming in. So the point that these objects were over there, they had to bring in, because the Arctic Circle is Canadian airspace, that's why they had to bring in the F-22s once again, because the old AIM-9 sidewinders that the Canadian Armed Forces uses on their CF-18 Hornets, which are still first-generation Hornets, okay, would have been incapable of engaging any sort of balloon or maneuverable type of object. Okay, so the report I'm getting as we speak is that that's why the F-22s were called in from Elmendorf to engage. Could it be spies? Could it be UFOs? I mean, these things, some were saying they were acting much like the Tic Tacs during the Nimitz incident. Could, if they are ours... Could they have found a new place to play with these toys, considering the popularity of the story of the Nimitz? There's that possibility, too. Lots of stuff going on. Your microphone's on mute.
5: Thank you. And that is also a great place to potentially test any kind of tech Coming in over an airspace where, if it was downed, it wouldn't hurt anybody below because obviously that's nothing but open territories there. So it's kind of like testing over open waters that theoretically, you know, the Omaha and some of the Nimitz encounters were, you know, in areas where it wouldn't hurt anybody potentially if they were to engage and be brought down, right? But now, We don't know, right? According to this report, those fighter jets deployed from NORAD um, weren't able to actually engage the objects because they were seen, actually seen maneuvering away at high speeds, and they were called anomalous. And I feel that that doesn't typically demonstrate at least what we are aware of. In the UAP culture, it does sound more like UFO. If you want to go down that rabbit hole,
1: or Santa Claus, <laughs> prepping, prepping the deer for December twenty fourth and the flight around the world. I'm test st- flight. Look, I'm sticking with Santa Claus here, man. Those deer have not flown for a year. Okay, they got to get warmed up. Therefore, I am. Hey, it makes sense, Tim. It makes sense. Nine. All right, give me the latest Tom DeLong crap.
5: <laughs> well, Tom is wondering if civilizations went extinct for disobeying the aliens. And it's not the first time we've heard this concept, but the Blink 182 star Tom DeLong has suggested that ancient aliens could have been wiped out for angering alien life forms through disobedience. So the ancient civilizations just got wiped out because they pissed off the aliens, Dave. And it's that simple. Now, it's obvious that Tom has become quite a prominent voice in ufology, having launched to the stars back in 2017. And recently, he's been producing books and films and even songs that are all about this topic. And now recently, he's branched out into directing and filmmaking, as we know. But uh, according to a recent interview with Newsweek, he's passionate, passionate about studying unidentified flying objects or UFOs and or advanced aerial threats, in a quote. And he says that he believes that the life forms operating them likely have sinister intentions when it comes to the well-being of humans. Addressing why the aliens aren't a visual part of everyday life at this point, the star said in a quote, All I can do is ask questions on things I do feel I feel strongly about and some conversations that I've had that really make me think that things are a certain way. Not quite sure how to interpret that, but in his mind, and in a further quote, he says, I think the one hand is not knowing how to defend against it because we don't totally understand it. And there's also the side, the other side, that could be reluctant to want to know why they're here because what they're doing is not good. And so... We know that he has some pretty deep government theories also, thinking that we've been dealing with this since World War II and the lies and all of the things that we've heard so many times about, the fact that the government doesn't want us to know the truth. But Dave, I'm not sure if aliens are good or bad or have a plan for us at all. What do you think about Tom's concept here that they're not here to be our friends and that potentially civilizations went extinct eons ago because they straight up pissed off the aliens.
1: So, is God an alien then? Look, Tom DeLong needs to concentrate on music. Okay? He really does. He is a brilliant artist. I love Blink one eighty two. Okay? I would go see him in concert if I could. Actually, it's one of the bands on my list that I would like to see. But he is so far out of touch when it comes to aliens, because he literally believes one person and one person only, and that is Peter Lavenda, who is a longtime researcher who believes biblically speaking that all aliens are bad, they are demons. Okay, let's not forget Tom, when he made a fool of himself on the Joe Rogan experience, saying that we got to put nuclear weapons in space, they're afraid of our nukes. Really? They have craft that could come from all over space and or different dimensions into our area? If they have that technology to do that, do you really think they are really worried about a primitive nuclear missile? They have no worry whatsoever. No worry at all. Tom is so far delusional on this subject because he has played up his own fears with the threat narrative crap. Okay. Yeah. It's it's gone too far. It really has gone too far.
5: Well, I would like to just kind of point out that he has a platform. And it's kind of unfortunate that he uses that platform to talk about advanced aerial threats and the potential of UFOs to be nefarious and not have our best intentions with really no evidence of that. And that's the bummer.
1: I want to just go back to the previous story for a minute.
5: Oh, for sure. You got some update.
1: My source is saying that there was a little-known military exercise going on in the Arctic in in the days leading up to these events. Okay. And that using the modeling engines from what people were saying, my source believes that these objects, these UAPs, originated in China and they also moved at the speed of the prevailing winds and in the same direction to get out of there as fast as possible. He believes that the Chinese used them to probe NORAD radar capabilities and readiness.
5: I 100% believe that. (laughs) That sounds absolutely right. And jet streams can end up being pretty quick if you catch them just right at some of those mm-hmm. high altitudes so
1: yeah sorry let's I'll get back that. to the tom no. long thing for a second oh. okay i appreciate
5: that update but okay. yeah i was just saying how um he's using that platform and reaching a new potential audience of younger people and they're going to get kind of the raw end of the stick when it comes to ufos because as you and i know ufos haven't directly demonstrated anything that we can point to as being aggressive now some people may disagree and may have evidence of their own and abductees obviously have their story but i'm just saying kind of generally this threat narrative that we're hearing from tom and just the fact that they could have wiped out civilization that seems like such a aggressive thing to do for a whole well population, it is aggressive is concept.
1: Tom DeLong has been on the threat narrative and the fear-mongering since he started the To The Stars Academy. He went so and overboard on the Joe Rogan experience, okay, which is why the TTSA was forced to pull him from public appearances after the mockery he made of the subject and of um, there's a time to be a rock star and there's a time not to be a rock star. He decided to go rock star instead of playing government protocol. Yeah. All right. You can't yeah. come on come out when you're hanging out with the big boys, you can't come out on Rogan and say, Hey, do you want me to whip my bleep out of my pants? You can't rock star at that moment and then go and show a bunch of fake UFO videos from YouTube. Nobody ever questions Tom on that. Everybody wants to believe him because of Blink-182. Go back and do your research yourself on Tom DeLong, and you will find out the guy is full of crap when it comes to this topic, and he needs to go back and stand on stage and play with Blink-182 some more, or Angels and Airwaves, because his talents do not belong in the UFO field. LeBron James would never bring his talents to the UFO world. Neither should Tom. Tim Sinor, thank you so much for another great night of the UFO Report. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your car, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and hashtag spaced out radio on Twitter, or what they now call X. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio at SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're
5: watching...
1: We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train
4: Hi, I'm David Moss with Moss Nissan. When it comes to
1: servicing your vehicle, Moss Nissan is simply the best. You'll notice the difference the moment you walk through our door. Our team is like family and we look forward to treating you like part of our family. With our state of the art service facility, factory trained technicians, we are more equipped to service all make and models. Plus, with
0: our extended service hours, our pick up and drop off service, you can have your vehicle serviced according to your
1: schedule, not ours. Experience the Moss difference today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes.
5: Hey, is that the new iPhone 15 Pro?
3: Yeah, it's made with titanium and the Pro camera is epic. Just got it at T-Mobile. Nice. Yep, and I got their Go 5G Next plan, so now I have the freedom to upgrade my phone every year.
4: Whoa, I gotta get to T-Mobile. Get our best deals on iPhone 15 Pro at T-Mobile.com. One-year upgrade requires Go 5G Next plan, financing new qualifying device, and upgrading in good condition after six months with half paid off.